0: Okay, good morning, we welcome here the Manchak Chit Chat. I'm Horst Pfeiffer, I'm here at Middendorf with Pat to France. It's a French name, uh, we talked about this earlier, but we do not want to get into this one, German and French. Uh, Pat, is, uh, Pat is two miles down the road from us. He runs the Port Manchak and is also involved with the whole development in this area. He's the executive director and CEO of, of Port Manchak. That's where the big cruise ship's terminal is down the street from us. <laughs> Pat, tell us a little bit what's going on down there.
1: Well, thank you for having me, first off. And uh, we're uh, in the long process of developing the Port Manchak Terminal into a container transloading facility. As part of the— Transloading? St- transloading, uh, which is basically uh, uh, loading containerized cargo for shipment by rail, barge, or truck. It's an intermodal facility, all barge, rail, and truck and one facility, which is the value of that facility. Um, we have developed over time a master plan with the state of Louisiana and to focus on the future of the um, cargo industry, which is the container. There are 20-foot versions, 40-foot versions, but the, the value of that uh, process is that this box can be shipped all over the world by barge, rail, and truck. So it's a very efficient uh, way to handle cargo. Everything you can possibly think of. Can be loaded into that box and shipped anywhere. North America, all, all so over. So this the world.
0: basically, when in interstate, you see these big square boxes on semis. Correct. They're, sometimes they're real long. Sometimes they're short half boxes or whatever. That's correct. That's or correct. when you um, used to have Belluna was on the river, and you see these gigantic ships coming in there. They have like I don't know, like hundreds or thousands of them on there.
1: Probably now with the with the recent expansion of the Panama Canal, you have a bigger class of ship coming through the canal. So previously, before the canal could only fit a certain class of ship. Uh, that was probably 8,000 TEUs, which is uh, containers. That's a that's a that's eight thousand eight thousand. The new version of the ship that can come up the Mississippi River uh, can handle maybe 10 or 12,000. Oh my so god! So you've got a tremendous amount on one ship. It's it's a it's a it's an incredibly amount of cargo. In addition to that, the container can be loaded heavier than typically what you'd see a truck on the highway, which is 80,000 pounds. You can overload these containers for an excessive amount of weight, and then the, the, the most uh, economical way to ship anything is on water. You've got a large volume less fuel to ship it on water, as opposed to a rail or truck. So, so the barge component or the maritime component of every uh, very port terminal is essential because it's the cheapest way to ship cargo by volume.
0: But this big ships with 10,000 containers wouldn't come up our little past man. No, they, they couldn't come up, uh,
1: they couldn't come past the, the bridge in the, in the river. Uh, The current depth of the Mississippi River is 45 feet. The plan of our our Ports Association of Louisiana, which we have 33 members of larger ports on the river, smaller ports like we have here, inland port, um, is to uh, acquire funding from the Corps of Engineers to dredge to a minimum of 50 feet. That allows them to uh, accommodate a bigger class of ship coming in the river, Uh, shipping lines like Marisk, um, um, CNG, Likes all of these big shipping companies, they need to have a documented depth so they can have this ship uh, on a regular service come to the river. Some of these ships are very expensive to operate, like a hundred thousand a day, so time is money Wow these ships very it, it's a floating industry. you have you know a hundred people working on the ship, so the ship Everything has to be documented.
0: Where it's going to take so much time to unload the ship, and it has to go somewhere else because it, uh, the clock is overdrunk. So, how would uh, Mancheck come into play? Since if they unload in in, in New Orleans, uh, would they rail certain things out and be reloading? Or what? There, there, there's a, there's a there's a possibility of rail the, the
1: rail component. Uh, we're we're looking into that. I've, I've hired the former CEO of the Port of New Orleans, Gary Runge. We've been working actually on this concept for ten years. It's the economics of the, uh, that would be, uh, which in, in the real world, a short-line trip. Uh, typically, the railroads like to look at longer shipments. So, hypothetically, um, from New Orleans, the most practical way to get them to the port would probably be be on a barge.
0: So, in New Orleans, certain things come off, would be immediately on land, put, put on the barge, a barge, or, go to or, the or, industrial... Or, cor-
1: or from a, a barge pulling up to a ship, go right on the ship. From the, the barge, ship, go on a, on a barge. You could put 50 containers on a barge.
0: And this would could come then industrial canal, seaborne, lake, lake Pontchartrain. Into the causeway, into the uh, this will come, And then here so, that could, so it would help, help the lake, uh, uh, port New Orleans, a lot not, since they're running Correct. out of
1: space. It helps the company, it helps the container business, it helps the port um, to uh, the, the load the containers uh, somewhere
0: else. In addition to that, it has less trucks on the highway. Right, that's so what I'm just thinking. Well, if you go down in e- exactly. <coughs> if you get a barge out here with 50 containers, that would be already an I 55 compared, that would have 50 Correct. trucks going Correct. down Chapatula Street, going in an interstate. And you know, on New Orleans, when you're in Chapatula Street, how the race is, who makes around a turn there and an interstate, it's always like, you don't want to be on this corner when all the trucks come out of the port.
1: So I've been here 11 years and the, the first day I was hired here, my former, uh, one of my former uh, boss at the Port of South Louisiana on the river who was at the Port of New Orleans called me and we started working on that day one. And this is how long it's taken for the economics to get where it needs to be. That was the future 10 years. 10 years ago. ago? 10 years ago we have been working on this. In terms of, of uh the economics of getting them here and finding a commodity oh, to fit. Yes, that's,
0: that's what takes the time. Yes, it takes a lot of time. Since I was trying to give you a hard time, you know, Pat, you came by last year when we rented, renovated this building. Yes. And, you know, from tear down to open the building it took me 99 days. So I wonder to question, what did you do the last 10 years? Uh, uh, <laughs> government as opposed to non-government. Amen. Okay, sorry. We, we had to rub something in there. Uh, we're making fun of each other here. It takes a
1: long time to acquire the funding and prepare a facility to attract companies to come And in. find
0: a match, to the, yes. the, the product. Yes. yes.
1: We focused in on, the, on a family of products, a commodity of, of polymer pellets and resins which is a trillion dollar industry that many companies all over North America make. Everything you see that's a plastic of any kind, there's a, a, a base component. Uh, it's either a liquid resin or a plastic pellet. And these products are shipped in bulk all over the world. So there's only few, so many places where you can bring them to containerize them and ship them with all three modes of... Oh. And so that's the value of this facility. We're right next to the mainland, the Canadian National Railroad, outside of the congested Port of New Orleans market it's the only railroad in north america that touches the atlantic pacific and gulf coast so the efficiency here is tremendous because there's no delay when a train uh, or port of new orleans is is the only port in north america where you have six class one railroads the larger railroads kansas city southern burlington northern union pacific canadian national csx uh, they're all converging at the port at one time to deliver or pick up cargo when you get to the port in addition to that you have to uh help pay the public belt railroad to ferry your car your train in and out mm-hmm. of the port so that could take a week two weeks that the, that the your, your cargo is sitting there or waiting to be
0: picked up coming from a ship so but when we out here we put on barges could go right next to the correct. ship and correct. be loaded there
1: correct and rail cargo no delay the sc- trains come in on a, on a set schedule and that schedule could be enhanced if needed and go out on set schedule so that's the biggest bit of this facility in addition to the maritime component in addition to the fantastic trucking efficiency, 24-7, 365, there's no traffic here. You can get to I-10, I-12, I-59, yeah, it's, it's tremendous. So
0: that's the origin of how this facility came to be. You know, that's being said, it's not only the port here, the whole Tanchibahoa, you have I-12, I-10, and 55 we're very uh, located, uh, a good location for anything yes. to be held out. Yes,
1: I-12 and I-55, it's the busiest intersection in the state, 60,000 cars. Uh, intersect that in, uh, interstate a day. Yes. Wow. That's correct. So, tremendous amount of. And obviously since Katrina, I drive 55 every day, since Katrina there's
0: been a what, t- 10, 12, 15 percent increase of people coming to, to the North Shore. I mean, you can physically see it. So. Oh, you do see it. In, in the morning when I, get, I leave my house in Ponchatoula, you know, I don't drive, get out of my driveway between 7 and 8, either before or after, since it's like a, a, a racetrack and 22. It, and is. it yeah. is. And in the evening, uh, after 3, o'clock, same, everybody comes back. Correct. A lot that's of correct. people live up here. Um, wow, that's a lot of information we have here. But besides this, now we talked about industry. Also, uh, for the people who want to know us, fact, uh, they are trying to establish a, a Manchek Greenway, bike yes. ride and everything yes. out there. A, uh, what we saw with some tourism and everything, but it's also a long way with funding and everything.
1: Sure, and we, 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 I've met with the group. I uh-huh. understand what they're trying to, to accomplish. I think it's a terrific concept. I'm all for... Uh, having a clean environment, having recreation. I drive Highway 51 every day. It's a lot cleaner than it used to be. Oh yeah, I just do all considered. You know, we have the, the wildlife and fisheries uh, staff at, that keeps, parks their boat at our facility, and they're constantly on watch for people littering. But uh, in, in addition to that, um, we've, uh, since I've been here 11 years, we've started a program where uh, i have uh, tremendously involved in trying to keep a clean facility and clean neighborhood. We've, if you come to my facility, you will not see a speck of trash that I'm personally picking up most of the time myself. But the the, the concept is to create a clean facility. Um, We've also, uh, in the past year, we've uh, initiated a project where we've actually cleared some of the trees between the interstate and the the port area. That's technically not port property, but uh, in terms of beautification.
0: We have to make it beautiful and nice and safe also for the environment here. Uh, You know, certain area when you have industry or our restaurant, we have to groom and keep everything clean since people come out. Uh, This reminds me, since we constantly maintain here, since we get a lot of, uh, we're out here in the wilderness. We have some critters coming out here. You ever experience having a lot of, like, uh, gators or raccoons down there? Amazingly... Very little, because they're very curious. You can see
1: them looking, but they know not to uh, get anywhere near um, the property. We had a, uh, maybe this is seven or eight years ago, we had a group from India that wanted to do a wood pellet uh, operation. Uh, the, the, the trees would be, uh, the, the pine trees has a high BTU content, the pine tree here, so they would squeeze it and basically make a pellet. And it's yeah. used in the, uh, furnaces, but it's also used in the industrial uh, electrical power companies in Europe. Yeah. A lot of these are 25%. You have mandated you have to have um, biofuel. So Anyway, these Indians came here and they were asking about this animal that they've heard that is living in the swamp here and they actually saw one and were, you know, very disturbed that it would come and attack
0: them and so. <laughs> they didn't uh, talk about it, they talked about the swamp monsters we have out here. Yeah, that's what they called it. I mean, everybody out here talks about the swamp monsters we have out here.
1: But for the most part, they stay away. They're very curious. Very, yeah. he's been here too many years, so he knows what he's doing. He's yeah. very curious as as to looking. But uh, for the most part, um, um, we're we're living um, um, with them, and we want to keep our facility clean to uh, coexist with them. Yeah. Uh, in, in addition, to that, let me let me get la, la, uh, onto this real quick about our uh, commitment to having a clean and and um, environment that everyone would would want to. Uh, uh, live near and come to see uh, Since I've been here in my 10 years we've we've acquired an additional hundred acre parcel of property adjacent to the current 40 acre port industrial site and uh, One of the concepts we have for that is sort of a, a marina concept where there's a recreational component for um, Local or uh, people that want to come from far away to uh, you know park their boat there they, they could be a you know a condominium uh, component to that so you know, we're thinking in terms of um, staying in the the main focus of what our deal, Department of Transportation and Development facility has indoctrinated my commission to do. But we're also looking to add a recreational component with that. So obviously, we want to have a clean facility where everything can, can coexist together.
0: So you would uh, uh looking at uh, for a marina where people can get their boat, go fishing, uh, separated from the port area. Right Correct.
1: Living and this, this, this is uh, you know the the, As a certified port executive, the professional way to develop a terminal like this is that you have a little bit of everything, to make it all work, and that uh, both of these uh, industries can can exist side by side. Uh, Southeastern helped us with a a business plan that says that the 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 concept and economics of a a marina could exist. Uh, contiguously with what we have there. So that was the main purpose of why we acquired this 100 additional acres from which it's got to be developed, but it's virgin. Uh, it have to be mitigated
0: but as opposed to having no opportunity to explain, we do have that opportunity. You're on the North Shore, we're on the island. Well, Middendorf is where it's called Jones Island, in new north, yes. uh, north part. Um, when you talk about this, uh, the fishing and boating and everything, a lot of people don't realize when you come out here, actually, you know, we have a lot of brackish water. And in the fall, you can catch speckled trout. I even caught a redfish off my uh, pier one time. You do get, they caught a couple years ago, a 250-pound shark. But also... You could be, if you go like, Poncha train, you could be by boat in two hours down in almost really catching trout to Absolutely. the rigolese. Absolutely, no question. Depends no how question. fast your boat goes. No but. question. No <laughs> question. So, you know, for other people who haul their boat all the way to Hopedale, put it in the water, come up, they could use this and just leave a little, sure. it does make, make it a big difference. Sure.
1: And so, in addition to it being, it's a beautiful estuary
0: of uh, uh, eagles and uh, oh, yeah. beautiful. We see a lot more eagles since I've been out here. on Pelicans and everything. We see everything. We had a little bit of setback on mammals and everything when the last storm came, Isaac. We always, when we have a big storm like Isaac, it takes like yes. two, three years till we yes. see certain
1: animals. With but them. They do recover. They do very. They very, do very, recover.
0: Yes, and sometimes better than before. Yes. So we find nature is a tremendous uh, regenerator. A uh, special out here. Well, let's uh, refresh everything. Well, let, since we talked about Pat's industry, let's ask him about since that's how we met. He comes over here to Middendorf's restaurant. He eats here, he sits down, he has some meetings here and everything. I think I'm probably the most uh, uh, frequented customer here. Yeah, but you're way too young. Okay. You know, we talk about when we talk about 80-year-old customers who come oh, okay. here from the day, okay. one. I mean, I they're way ahead of you, I, I mean, okay. uh, Pat. Um, he, he, uh, <laughs> You come here frequently, you are here every week. I see this, but. I know the menu quite well. (laughs) Well, you know, we don't change it since a lot of people have a. we do change. But it. you've added. You've added your... German added.
1: Uh, uh, ...concept, which is very popular. You, li- you so. like
0: when yes. we do our Oktoberfest? Yes. 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 I love the, uh, the, the decor. I love the girls dressing up in the... Doesn't it look pretty? Yes. yes. I had to persuade nice. them a little bit. But I mean, the last, the last Oktoberfest, finally they came around, you know, they the think it's a custom. But it's how in Germany we go to Oktoberfest, they all have their dirndls and lederhosen on. And last year when all the girls were dressed, they looked real pretty. It was not. Tastes uh, much, much better when you eat your Schweinsachse and Schnitzel and the girls in Dundel and drink your beer. The ambiance.
1: Uh, obviously, if you remember the uh, the 1984 World's Fair, I think the, the
0: most popular thing at the World's Fair was the German beer garden. Yeah, without question, it was... Uh, uh, people are still talking about that. Yeah. It was before my time. I came to New Orleans in 91. Okay. I, I, was in, uh, I was back then still in Germany in Austin, so I came over here. But, uh, you know, in everywhere, I mean, you go to Epcot, people go to the German beer garden and everything. I don't know what... People like it. But our Oktoberfest is awesome in the fall. And so, uh, you sometimes eat dessert. I mean, you look like you're a very healthy person. I run a lot. You run a lot? I run a
1: lot. Um, So, when I come here, typically during the day, I have to eat uh, very lightly. Lightly? Because I'm going to be running later. But uh, my eyes are bigger than my, my stomach, typically. But.
0: but, you know, when we talk about uh, running later and lightly, you know we have some salads on there. We have some salads with uh, uh, shrimp and potatoes and fish and on it's there. It's delicious. I have that just about every time I eat yeah. it. It's, fant- it's, it's, it's a tr- delicious meal. It really is. But our fried seafood, just to let the listeners know, our fried seafood is fried healthy seafood. Uh, we don't have a, like a double batter on it, so when you eat normal, the catfish, yes. there's no oil on it. Yes, you get the, When you eat the hush puppies and the fries, that's a different story. But if you just would eat the seafood and a little bit lighter on your tartar sauce, it, it, our fish is very light. And I, I, uh, I eat it like potato chips. That's what I call it. But I think
1: it's perfect of, uh, of uh, just the right amount of each. I agree For with the that. fish yes, and the sweet cornmeal. Yes,
0: corn yes, yes. You know, sometimes when people, uh, you know, buying downstairs our fish, we're selling in our little store. We have to sell the fish and everything in the breading. Some people say, oh, the first time they buy it, they just buy the fish and then go home since they have their own secret breading. But it's really our fish, since it's so thin, when you bread it, it doesn't want any of the seasoned fried batter on there like other people have. It needs the sweet corn. It's a nice combination, just soaking in salt water in really the is. sweet corn. Yes,
1: yes, yes. But I think the, uh, the, um,
0: the thin component and the breading, it's a perfect mixture. Mixture. I wonder why it became so famous. I think, you know, sometimes, you know, sometimes I forget even how good our fish is. When I go like, to a food show and you go there and there's a guy standing there. Hey, there's my catfish. And you go there and it gives you this big fillet and you're like and you bite in this big piece of catfish. I think people, they like our fish since it doesn't take like, taste like catfish. The biggest turn off I have
1: is when I go somewhere and it's not cooked properly. So this allows you to have a more consistent, and it's very consistent. I think that's a, that's a huge component in why you're getting your, your return customers over so many years.
0: Eighty-five years they're coming back mm. we had a few days ago somebody coming in here uh they, i don't know how many years they were married and everything but he had his first meal here he was like over 90 years old wow so he's ahead, he's, he's ahead
1: of you what a great story
0: you won't believe how many and that's the nice thing and uh, you know the same people who hate here you know, for 80 years 60 years they're catfish and so during the oktoberfest you see the same couples walking in here and normally we see them during the week. They eat their catfish and eat their iced tea. When they come for Oktoberfest, they both eat a German plate and drink a beer. It's so neat to see these customers like this.
1: People love to eat in Southeast Louisiana. I mean, you know the more, more than anyone. It's it's a it's a it's a independent of the economy or anything.
0: Since you travel a lot in the port and everything, uh, to our conferences and everything, yes. do people ask you a lot about our area? All the what? time. All the time. This
1: is this is a true story, and I've said this probably at least a hundred times since I've been here, that people will ask me, I'll go to a a conference and people know where the port of New Orleans is. They know the port facility that I used to work at along the river, port of South Louisiana, which is the port district between the port of New Orleans and port of Baton Rouge. It's a 50 mile area of the river. But they don't know where the port of Manchac is. But when I say that I'm located about a mile north of a restaurant called mindors they go off like a Christmas tree. It's incredible. <laughs> That's a true story.
0: Uh, so, you know, we just had a few minutes ago, this German couple walking in here, uh, ordering lunch, and uh, I don't even know when this was filmed. We were on TV uh, last week in Germany, in the interview, so. Really? Yep. Wow, fantastic. You know, I've been to Chicago. People in Chicago
1: know this place. Anything along I-55, they know it. So I've been in Chicago, and I've used that,
0: said that, and said, oh, I know that, I've been there. So, <laughs> you, you know, we had a group of uh, from Chicago coming down, a family, uh, 20 people with the last name Middendorfs that came down here on the bus to eat lunch. What a great story. And about the train, I mean, we ha- we're sitting right here next to the train track, where the, uh, New Orleans, Chicago, Chicago, New Orleans. Yes. A funny story about this, and then we have to finish for today. Um, a couple of years ago, I walked in the dining room okay, in the bar, and there's a guy standing there uh, picking up a to go order, you know. And he has an overall on and a head on there. And he said, How long? Oh, it's coming here, okay. So he pays. And he walks out the door, and I happen to walk out the back door. He runs across my parking lot, walks to the chicken coop, goes up the train track, goes in his train, starts up the engine, and takes off. No way. Yes. <laughs> he called it in when he was in Panchatula. Wow. He knew that. <laughs> wow. What a great how many people have a drive to for a train?
1: Um, Try to beat this one. Um, I like it. I like
0: it. What a great story. Yeah. yeah like, how, how could you do this? Well, the, I mean, we get It's a long track here, you know. I don't, I don't know the system. I don't know. I probably couldn't do it anymore. This was like 10 years ago. Yeah, there's a lot Comput- of
1: rules and yeah, yeah. a lot of, uh, no, yeah. thou shalt not leave the cockpit.
0: Yeah. <laughs> But if you're hungry, and want catfish. I mean, that's a certain rule. To have, rules are there to be broken sometimes if they're legal. I well, agree. agree. Well, I want to thank Pat for coming today. And we get him back to talk about some other stories since he knows a lot about this area and how we can make it better. But I want to say thank you, Pat, uh, for coming over here. Well, thank you for
1: having me. And I always look forward to coming back and sharing uh, some some more. Eat some healthy catfish. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Uh, that's always a good opportunity to do that. A reason to do that also.
0: Thank you. And thank thank you for joining us today. Listen to us for the Manchek Chit Chat and tell Guten Appetit.